Hi and welcome to a new episode of the State of the Net podcast. I'm Paolo Valdemarin. And I'm Ewan Semple. And we haven't recorded for a while. I know. Well, I, I suggested it because I was feeling lonely, Paolo. Well, to be honest, you did an episode with someone else. I've done, well, in fact, I have done several podcasts with other people. I'm flighty that way. Totally untrustworthy. Well, we are... You're saying this is an open relationship. <laughs> don't, don't be creepy. Don't be creepy, Paolo. <laughs> is that fine? I, can I do it with others? If, if it's fine, I'll... All right. Well, yeah, good. Okay. Well, <laughs> Just don't tell me about it afterwards. Stay tuned, guys. I'm going to appear as somebody. If, actually, if any one of you has a podcast, feel free to invite me. Well, it, to be fair, it came about because of... I don't think I even went in to Facebook to say it was my birthday. You know, the, the system told people it was my birthday. Likewise, LinkedIn. So I got all these um, hellos and several of the hellos turned into, would you like to be on our podcast? Or uh, doing a recording of something for the European Commission, which was nice and uh, a paid gig yesterday. So there you go. Facebook isn't completely pointless. You wanted to talk about friendship anyway. This, this was a perfect start. Well, that's true. And well, and... and uh, trust and uh, I'm feeling slightly ner- not just nervous at our open relationship but nervous at the fact that we're both using uh, the second developer beta of uh, the f- software that we use or Apple OS that we use and uh, I mean I'm well not I'm not all in because the, the iMac I'm keeping on on the previous system because I don't want to risk the whole family but uh, sort of my phone iPad and watch I've all put onto iOS 15 and the, the watch equivalent and uh, you know Apple have had complete disasters with betas in the past was it OS 7 I think that everything just went completely wrong um, but the last few have been re- reliable enough I've done the public betas and uh, you very kindly made it possible for me to do the, the developer beta and I've, I've been finding it really stable but it's the first time I've podcasted and it's the first time I've used the, the Yeti microphone so fingers crossed so you pe- people might or might not hear this. Yes, <laughs> there'll just be gaps in between you speaking. It's uh, no, I mean, I I I have updated uh, first my iPad, then my phone, then my watch to the current uh, development betas, and they're quite reliable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that broke is uh, Find Friends for me, which doesn't work on any of my devices, whether yeah. updated or not. So I think that something no, must does. be wrong yeah, with that. Uh, I think something must be wrong with uh, with uh, my iCloud account. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, I find it funny because there is basically this time of the year where all my devices are slightly unstable. And it, and it's like, you shouldn't be doing this. It, it, they clearly tell you, you should only install this on devices yeah. that are used for development purposes. But I just can't wait. I know. I know. It's, and it's funny it's, when, things, when things go wrong, when you need them not to, you just have to shrug your shoulders and go, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can, I think that the interesting thing is that I can live perfectly well with software not working. Yeah perfectly if just so i can i can and honestly i to to be fair i haven't had any 
significant problem. I mean, in the past, there have been situations where things were not working. I I didn't upgrade my Mac because uh, I can't afford, you know, like any of the conferencing apps not work, which especially with with these type of upgrades might happen uh but no no everything is work i i actually found out that i can use the new portrait mode video uh even on zoom and it's not just a facetime thing it's a camera thing you can do it on any device well that's interesting because i've been hearing sort of weird spatial audio effects from youtube so again, it must be oh, yes. the phone itself doing something clever with a conventional stereo signal or something. I don't quite know what's going on there. But this this morning, uh, I guess the phone updated last night. So this morning, I went out for my usual walk and started um, Audible, and it was this weird sound. <laughs> yeah. I found out that somehow Audible had gone into spatial sound, and Audible, I I'm pretty sure it's mono because I mean it just yeah a guy speaking right and uh, i had and i did notice that moving my head something was yeah, happening yeah. I, I i i switched it off because it was just annoying but it, but it scared, it scared the shit out of me because i did it when i was awake and nobody else was uh and mm-hmm. i had my airpods in watching a video and i turned my head and the sound stayed with the phone i thought shit i've got the sound up on the phone <laughs> Everybody, everybody in the house can hear this video that I'm looking at, but they couldn't. It wasn't. Not that it was a dirty yeah, video, that's... but I didn't want to wake everybody up at like five in the morning. <laughs> no, you know? It's all right, right? But it did. Sure, it wasn't. <laughs> Actually, it was a book about a, a book, a, a video about Zen Buddhism. So there you go. Yeah, I, I was thinking about uh, preferences in watching videos and. Mm-hmm and uh, shows in general and yesterday it was the 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 game the football game between england and germany and uh not that i care particularly but because i live upstairs from a pub i can hear everything that that cheers from the people yeah and curiously so if I'm watching the game on my TV, because I'm streaming, I'm kind of running about a minute behind, I think, <laughs> right. which which is very good because I don't have to watch the whole thing. But if yeah. I hear the cheering, I just pay attention. <laughs> but I was looking the look. I was you know watching the game, and uh, and thinking how boring is this thing? I mean. I, I I can't understand how can people can be watching this. And then I thought, okay, I'll go back watching videos about mathematical problems on YouTube. <laughs> Which actually I would also have found much more interesting than football. I, I, I made the mistake, because my daughter was into it, of watching the last 20 minutes of the Scotland-England game. And that's 20 minutes of my life I'll never get back. I mean, dear God, I'm having to put up with inane commentary by but Ali McCoyst and somebody else and just you know it really was it's a game of two halves and they're going for goals you know it's just unbelievable no I mean I was actually watching with, without audio but but I what I think is interesting is how, it might might have been better I, I think what what mm. I think is interesting is the fact that you know we're all attracted by different this is true pieces this is and true. Uh, as much I think that for the first time I kind of 
had something in front of me that I would rather be watching. And I'm thinking, I don't think I can convince anyone to, to find what this thing I'm watching interesting. Anybody <laughs> of my, any of my friends. Yeah. Now, it's interesting enough for somebody to be making videos about this on YouTube. And well, that's, that's a low bar. That's a low stuff. bar to get above, isn't it? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so this whole... Um, you know, long tail in content production is it, it's working pretty well for me. I'm clearly not a head of the tail kind of person, but uh, I find shit in the long tail interesting. Talking about finding shit, I, I'm sort of worried about my daughters, really, because um, the two of them will sit on the sofa watching TikToks, and and there's a specific silly snigger <laughs> that seems to be brought on by watching TikTok. And it's just like watching their precious little brains melt in front of my eyes. It's, it's. I just don't get it. Oh, it must be my to, age, Paolo. Yeah, that's that. We're definitely. I I know that this is a show about old farts that most of the time don't remember they already discussed something in a previous <laughs> episode and talk about it again. I was about to. Well, that's really funny because I was thinking about, and I'm sure I did do this, about the spatial audio, and how there was a joke about it being a mistake that, that it's because of Tim's Tim Cook's. Southern drawl that he he said he wanted everything to be special and they misheard him, so they made everything in the uh, WWDC special. <laughs> but I brought, I think I told that the last time, so ignore me, everybody. Oh, you are special, ain't you? <laughs> yes. Anyway, so yeah, so that that I mean, we sort of nominally had that topic, didn't we, of of um, trusting things, and you know. The bit about friendships and how people still have this thing about online friendships not being real in some sense. And it and it sort of came up in a couple of the podcasts as well about either in one you know, the European Commission about trusting institutions and to their credit, part of what they were talking about was doing some really interesting work around how they adapt and change to Changing expectations. Well, there's somebody within the, the commission who's trying to bring about change, which is, as we all know, a bit of an uphill struggle for any any organisation. But the, one of the other podcasts was about comms and, and uh, PR marketing type communications. And, and, and the third one was about brand. And all of it was around the same sort of issue that we're not... But trust is shifting, isn't it? And the way we trust is shifting. We're less less inclined to, to just blindly trust institutions. But we're sort of learning to trust people and individuals, as we've said before, who we've never met before, you know, and it's uh, it interesting to see how this all turns out. Funny you mentioned about trusting institutions and companies because I, I, I just had a meeting in the afternoon um, where we were talking about e-commerce sites. And... Uh, and in particular, the, the checking out from an e-commerce website. And I was saying how that is probably the moment I usually pay the most attention. I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, I enter my card numbers are correct and my address is right. I mean, if I can, I always use Apple Pay or something else. But, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes yeah. you have actually have to enter data and you're always very careful double checking that everything is right. And of course, one of these young punks on the call uh, said, oh, you know, but not all customers are the same. I can see that people on, I don't know what website, that they are just get through the commerce and they just click through. 
and I realize that uh, the problem is not you know how how old you are, but is do you trust the site? And I realize that, for example, I click on you know the one click buy on Amazon all the time, and yeah. the reason why I do that is because I trust them. I trust yeah. the fact that I, I don't trust Amazon as the institution, but I trust the fact that if I click on one click buy, they will get me that product in the yeah. right place, charging the right card without making any mistake. Yeah. Um, so I think that we do grow to trust even institutions such as companies in their own limited domain um, if 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 there is a long enough relationship. And uh, you know, I think to some degree this applies to to people as well. If you have yeah. a long enough relationship and lo probably long enough experience of sharing little stories and pieces of your life you can you can build a a relationship with anything <laughs> including a lamppost but um yeah well but it's also the context isn't it i mean and i suppose in a way <clears throat> managing expectations and consequences and things like that i mean it's it, one of the interesting i mean i should have looked back and i should have said this when we were talking about the beaters one of the reasons i lunged into the beaters is and this is why I trust tech pundits less and less, is that the meme going around is that there's nothing significant happened in this uh, set of betas. But actually, I'm loving it. There's lots and lots of little things. I'm getting more fun out of this year's betas than I have out of previous years. Um, and one of the little things that's changed is the ability within Mail to hide my email and just to create a false email address for a particular site. And it will I can make sure I use the same false email address for the same site sort of thing. <clears throat> and it's just interesting me, as I click for things, making, you know, effectively snap judgments about whether I do or don't care about long-term access to my address through that site. Um, I mean, <laughs> and this is in the context of a story was it yesterday that uh, LinkedIn have apparently exposed 92% of their users' data which is just oops um you know but then again you know w when you told me about the new site i guess i was surprised by the fact that i wasn't surprised yeah it's like oh because did i think that they are a reliable trusted company well that's that's part of what i was going to say yeah i mean it's that i mean i increasingly think of sites like that as throwaway I mean, yeah, that's interesting as well, because, I mean, in fact, I've thought of even my blog as sort of throwaway. You know, I don't bother backing it up anymore. Um, so much of ah, life's throwaway. Oh, don't say that. Uh, look, I, I, I think that, I don't think that, um, I mean, that's definitely a case in the sense that it's, it's, it's one axis of, to separate things is this something i want to keep is this something i don't care about mm. and uh, you know the popularity of stories on pretty much all social media networks uh, which is something that honestly i can't bring myself to use is is all based on you know everything lasts just 24 hours and then it's gone yeah, yeah. um I, I think that there is another thing that i probably is more important to me to distinguish between how I manage uh, my information, which is, uh, is this going to be public at some point yeah. or not? 
Yeah. And I'm and I'm pretty much thinking that, that every everything I put on social media is a, essentially a form of publishing. Yeah. Now, whether it's a completely public or it's public to a certain group, but it might become public to another group eventually is is probably the 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 most relevant thing to me so i i never post anything on yeah. on social media today but i don't think that i ever done it you know like counting on the fact that it, this is going to be contained in a group or this is going to be i mean if you put it in front of other people it will eventually become public unless you have some very very um, you know trusted group well, even 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 then, I mean, <clears throat> one of the groups I was talking to was was senior folks, and they were sort of implying that, or they were, no, they were asking the differences between face to face meetings and and online communication. And I was saying that the one of the upsides for me, um, I don't think for all of them, of the online communication world is that it's accountable because it's recordable, and somebody somewhere will probably have an RSS feed of what you've said or written or whatever. Um, so you better think hard before you open your mouth, um, which which I think is a good thing. Um, but I was making the point as well that even with internal systems, <clears throat> I mean, we saw this at the, the BBC nearly 20 years ago now when we started doing this stuff that, you know, we're all a copy and paste away from the outside world. Um, so it sort of comes down to that old geek's adage that if you, if you want to be really safe, don't write it on a computer. Um, which, 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 you know, would be a shame. I mean, that was part of why I said the, th the thing about it doesn't matter in the sense that, you know, I don't know what I think one minute to the next. Um, as people on this pod listen to pod this podcast will know, I tell the same stories over and over again because I've forgotten that I've already told them. Um, you know, life is just this ongoing window of, you know, half an hour either side that I can be sure of. And so I sort of don't care what I wrote a year ago, two years ago, ten years ago. Even if it was, well, so there was another story, and I'm not suggesting in any sense that I'm anything like this guy, but there was a guy who recently uploaded his DNA to some uh, hereditary, um, what do you call it, genealogy site, mm -hmm. and was uh, was charged with a rape, um, I think nearly 20 years ago. Um, so to completely contradict myself and shoot this story in the foot, it occurred to me that that is really interesting. That that obviously it's it's amazing and fantastic that somebody who create you know who carries out a heinous crime like that gets held accountable and gets found out. But equally, how do I feel about the state, in all its forms, having that level of granularity uh, on me? Well, not even the state. I mean, this was a commercial site that the state then got access to, or the police got access to. Yeah, well, that's a bit odd because essentially. It means that uh, the intersection between the database of those wanted for a rape and the database of a commercial company that does DNA analysis are connected, which... Mm. Well, was that... Uh, I don't know how automatic the, the, the process was, to be fair. I mean, I should have read the story up before I opened my mouth, but, um, I, you know, and I do know, you know, there's television programs here about people being able to find... Uh, long lost siblings uh, there were maybe uh, what are they called foundlings where the, the children have been left on a doorstep somewhere so there's literally no data about them so DNA is the only way they're going to find any sort of ancestry and this television program is about that but but they've clearly 
Well, and this guy, you know, there was a checkbox on this website that said, do you want this data to be available to law enforcement agencies? And he didn't notice. Um, so I think yeah. that, 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 to be honest, one of the main reasons why I've never done one of those analyses, even if, I mean, the cost has come down significantly, mm-hmm. is that I know that uh, whatever company I pick, eventually they're going to lose my yeah. shit. Yeah. And... Uh, and that is the type of yeah, information that I don't really want in the public domain because, uh, I mean, because of profiling implications, because, yeah, totally. uh, you know, at some point somebody, it, it's a type of information that I'm not sure I want anyone else to have and I'm happy not to have it as well. Yeah, I've, I've often said that two and two makes five if you're not careful and, and when one of the numbers is already ten, um, you're in trouble, you know. It's it's uh, definitely worth thinking about. And even even at a much more trivial level, the, the application that I used for journaling and have done for a long time since it started, which I think is multiple years anyway. Um, day one um, has just been bought up by is it Automatic? They're called the company that uh, Matt Mullenweg mm-hmm. runs, who, WordPress. Who, who runs WordPress. Yeah, and you know, listening to podcasters and saying that. Of all the companies to buy them up, Automatic's probably one of the best ones because they're pretty straight. They do the right thing when they get the chance. Um, but I still, you know, I've got nothing in my journal that anybody's ever going to want to read, never mind make use of, including my family. Um, but it just made me pause for thought, you know, that, that one of the selling points of day one has been the rigor that, that they use to manage the data. And all of a sudden the data is used by another company and it'll no doubt get moved to some, you know, at some stage, possibly some other servers that, they don't quite care so much and you know it's true of everything and and you know we've been going through a number of bureaucratic processes online where just the level of ineptitude of the coding you know i may have told this story the last time but one of my daughters was going through an nhs application i think it was and a whole list of questions yes no questions the first 20 of which were check boxes of yes or no. And then all of a sudden, 20 or 30 questions in, it changes to a drop-down for yes and no. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what went through your head? Did you not notice? Did you just copy and paste a bit of stray code from somewhere else and couldn't be bothered changing it or fixing it? And you think, if they can't even get that right, what other back-end, you know? How little companies understand about uh security and data management yeah. uh, is uh, is crazy yeah. especially considering that the amount of uh, hostile behavior that we have online these oh, days is the significant i mean that's that's the work but my wife's been doing you know trying to educate people about this stuff and of course i get to hear some pretty scary stories of of what's going on you know yeah so that that's but at the same time there is today technology that can help you keep things reasonably safe um so i, I think that uh, you know to, to for my dna to test to, to do some my own dna analysis i'm just waiting for somebody to find some security enough encrypted system to manage their information to make sure who can see that who cannot see that and uh, well we've been waiting 20 years or so i mean i remember these conversations way back yeah, about is, brokers and middlemen and platforms that manage exposure I, of data I, I, I guess that probably the, the the 
new thing is that you don't need middlemen anymore the fact yeah. that uh, you can have you know you can have end-to-end -end encrypted messages without uh, anybody in the middle uh, doing it for you uh, which uh, simplifies the problem to some degree um, i mean it, it's a harder problem to solve but because we have much more powerful devices at both ends uh, now you can you can handle it uh, but also things like um, the type of privacy that uh, Apple and other company have been mm -hmm. implemented uh, so that, you know, more and more information never leaves your device, yeah. even if uh, some meta, meta information about the device is leaving your phone. So yeah. you can basically have both the advantages of uh, huge centralized uh, data sets that you can use to train um, new form of artificial intelligence mm -hmm. but at the same time the security the safety of the fact that your information has never left only those little bits of information that were needed to train these machines uh, were were actually used and and there are some very very interesting uh, development in this space yeah. uh, which uh, i think that the the real challenge is that uh, they will become mainstream where, where, when very large companies providing services to a very large group of people who do not understand anything about this will just deploy them. Um, in you know in the same way uh, to be fair even if you look at the efforts that google and facebook are um, carrying forward in terms of implementing secure end-to-end -end encryption on on their communications i mean there are pretty strong forces in government that are opposing that oh yeah well and which government which we've touched on so many times before you know and that that perspective of you know the ideology of algorithms. Who's who's deciding? I mean, even just in terms of the what data, even pseudonymized or anonymized or whatever, coming off your phone. Um, who decides what level that operates at? You know, it's uh, is it everything, or is it just some things, or different degrees depending on the bits of information? It's it's just going to get really interesting, and and people are, you know, going to struggle to keep up with it, as you said. But I think that I, I think that the, the the only way out of the of this is the fact that people will not need to care. I mean, WhatsApp is end to end end to end encrypted. Does ninety nine percent of WhatsApp user care? No, they don't. But it is, and the fact that it is encrypted and that messages encrypted and signal encrypted and a whole bunch of other services are end to end encrypted in a very secure, safe way, it's just a way technologies. Because somebody has decided that this is better for users. Now, this might not be the best option for mm -hmm. law uh, enforcement agencies. This might not be the best option for government. The same government that happened to have a camera in their <laughs> own office and didn't know about it. Or that left um, very highly secure naval documents in a pile of papers at a bus stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, d w d wouldn't you like that content to be encrypted? Yeah, it's. But at the same time, I wouldn't want. It's the balance, as always, isn't it, between the risks and the opportunities? And it would be such a shame if we if we constrained the possibilities with with possibly ill-founded fears about 
the downside. And I suppose it's the scale of the downside as well. You know, who, what percentage of the population does it affect? You know, it's a bit like the thing about um, D- DRM. You know, DRM just hurts the people who are trying to do the right thing. And, and the bad guys who want to make copies of stuff just walk past it. You know? Yes, but again, it, it was a big issue at the beginning of the story where literally you had uh, somebody trying to copy some i mean have you ever have you thought about drm in the last few years i mean not not really anymore I yes mean, because i got sent a dvd of of a of a, a talk from the states that was us encoded and i thought for a moment before i used handbrake to to rip a copy would it work and it did <laughs> So, yes. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's 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 still a bit of a niche case, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it, it used to it used to be that uh, oh my god, I'm downloaded. Can I play this music? Can I not play this music? And yeah. Napster and formats and stuff. And these days, I don't I don't is the music I'm listening that do does it have a DRM? Probably, maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm annoyed at the fact that when I go to Italy, I cannot keep watching the shows on Netflix that are available here, just because they they have to split between markets in order to manage yeah, yeah. rights and stuff. And iCloud Plus won't help you with that. Yeah, but yeah, v- VPNs aren't dead yet. No, exactly. But uh, but uh, but it's it's becoming less and less important. I mean, there was a time where yeah. Yeah. I, I I only had DVDs and I had American DVDs and European DVDs, and it was always a struggle on how do you yeah. watch them. And and uh, I think it's becoming less important. In the same, never mind NTSC and Paul. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, I I had a I had a, a VHS tape recorder that could play back in in TSC, um, <laughs> which was a huge thing. So I could yeah. buy yeah, yeah. shitty, and but with the horrible. American oh, the color quality. was horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, NTSC stands for never the same color. You know that, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. But it's so true. So yeah, I I think that you know the the, the and I, probably the same will happen with encryption. That we still are mm. in a moment mm. where there are people that are concerned about this and is it compatible and is it is open is closed? Can you see it? Can you not see it? But then you know we just the the best technology or the probably well. well. You just mentioned VHS. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beta was better, but NHS became the most popular technology. But I, I wonder if, uh, you know, the best technology is not necessarily the technology that has a higher quality, yeah. but it has the, the technology that is as uh, a best uh, intersection. Well, quality is just one parameter of many that you might use to judge exactly. best. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like the home stuff, isn't it? The, this new packed between the various players that is moving towards a standard so that they'll all interoperate, you know, all the, 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 the smart stuff in the smart homes um, is, a, yeah. is a great move, you know, and, and it's going to be interesting how that turns out because one of the strengths of Apple's HomeKit stuff was the security um, mm-hmm. because the Internet of Things is a a minefield of, of secure, potential security loopholes. Um, so that's another, another can of worms that's not quite closed yet. No, but it it is yeah we're moving in the right direction. So it's uh, if there was a concern about uh, 
do I buy the do I you know get on the Alexa train or the Google one or the Apple one yeah. you know these days it's probably becoming less and less important which is good yeah. and it's it's part of the natural evolution of, of technology I think that uh, probably a lesson to learn is not to become too overexcited about you know one camp or the other when yeah. a new thing come out, comes out because uh, at this point i think we should have learned that eventually it all kind of melts in the in in a much more probably less exciting but more reliable technology yeah it's interesting actually just watching our the press or the, the stories about Windows 11 and the Microsoft CEO talking very sensibly about their position and their role and the way people's lives are changing and the need to interoperate better with other operating systems and things, which, you know, you'd never have heard, heard somebody from Microsoft saying 10 years ago. Um, is also interesting as well, just the way the market for technology is shifting and the power shifting towards the consumer and the expectation that stuff will just join up and work, um, which has in the past given Apple an advantage. But it's interesting just watching the other players beginning to shift in that direction as well. Yeah, I, I think that there is a convergence of in the technology space in in every, even, you know, in, in more of a professional space, there was a time when if you had to get uh, any two systems to interoperate or to exchange data, that was, uh, you know, a whole huge uh, integration companies were yeah. formed just to get yeah. computers to talk to each other. And these days, pretty much anyone you meet, whatever technology they're using, whatever language they're using, whatever platform they're using, it's easy to get things to talk to each other. So that you don't meet some of the people I meet, Paolo. <laughs> uh, no, I'm 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 lucky enough to to not uh, well. I think I think in a, in the in the you know in the startup world in people who are developing new stuff and, and certainly in a web environment that's increasingly true. But I think for a lot of you know people at the NHS and others, there's still massive then, amounts of work. Yeah, I mean, join up. I I. I do get in touch with some people working in corporate environments through mm -hmm. clients every once in a while. And it's, yes, you're right. They, they have no, they're stuck in the eighties, but, yeah. um, uh, but I mean, I think that, that if you look at consumer technology and the, te the and the most popular technology yeah. is, uh, popular in terms of number of people using it, it's, uh, it, there is a convergence and I think it's exciting. I mean, I, I watched the stuff about, uh, um, you know, windows and, uh, I, I would, I would like to try yeah, to so there's, I know, a I know. windows computer. I mean, it's, I uh, it's, uh, then every time I do that, I end up being disappointed. So it's, but I honestly hope that it works well. I've had to grapple with Windows 10 to, to help Penny, and it, it's just, you know, it's the small things that drive Apple users nuts. The, the lack of care for the user experience and the inconsistencies in the design are still smacking you in the face every try, time you try to do something. But they're clearly heading, you know, that's why I mentioned it. I think they're definitely heading in the right direction. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the demos of all the new stuff. It's it's very clever, smart stuff. There is a whole bunch of things that uh, you know I wish I had on macOS, uh, and there are other things that you know had been around the macOS for a while. It's a bit like somebody once said about religions, and they're, they're only nice when they don't have power. Um, it's maybe what happens when Windows gets knocked off its perch to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder. I mean, unfortunately, for some time, it was easy to run Windows and macOS on the same device. Now it's yeah. uh, less easy, um, but uh, we'll get there eventually. I mean, I think that we might literally get to the point where, you know, you switch operating systems just like you can switch apps. I mean, mm. I, but mm. I, have, I have many applications that do design and graphic stuff and now you switch between applications based on you know the one i prefer to do the specific job i had in mind sometimes you just go from one to the other to the other just to keep doing what you want to do in the best possible environment i don't see why eventually if you think about it more and more of the data that we manage is uh, in the cloud and uh, at this point i yeah so it's only taken us 40 years but we're getting back to dumb terminals and mainframes aren't we well, I think that we have smart terminal. It's just that the inf- the data that they're managing is not local. I I, I was uh, I, it, there was this odd thing that uh, it's like self evident, but I've never really considered it. I I recently uh, well, I've been using for about a year, I think, uh, Fantastical as a calendar instead of the regular macOS calendar. That's another reason why I don't and, trust tech pundits. Everybody goes on and on about Fantastical. I just can't. It's just awful bit of software. I I, I actually like it. I, I I find it especially because I'm juggling a lot of different calendars and lots of different yeah, accounts. It has okay. a number of features that yeah. I really I really like. And uh, but but what I never realized is that there is absolutely no reason why you can't use both calendars at the same time. Totally. Because calendars are in any yeah, case yeah. reading and writing Even from the yeah, same all data. Of them. Um, yeah exactly so uh, i i recently um started using from the same company that does fantastical mm-hmm. they have a contact management uh yep. little app and it comes free with a yep. fantastical subscription and and of course even the address book is uh, the same address book it's a uh, cloud-based and you can have any number of apps uh, reading and writing yeah. from the same database and uh and again, for some reason, I mean, even if, of course, it's a database, I can actually access the same data from my phone, from my <laughs> computer, from my iPad. But for some reason, to me, that data was binded to a specific app. While I know perfectly well, that actually has been a standard yeah. forever that any uh, calendaring or, or contact management application... Well, not forever. Can, can you remember when, when we used to have to try and manhandle contacts out of a phone into a, a, a computer it was horrendous and and it was all mangled and came out yeah, long. But let's say for the yeah. last oh, yeah. 20 yeah. years the thing has been yeah. working okay uh, so it's um you know we need to we need to keep going in direction we need to keep having open standards that uh, allow us to distribute you know to to share 
content across multiple types of editors and then let everybody choose their editor at some point the operating system will just become an underlying layer for your favorite applications that will work with your data it doesn't matter where the data is well but it does matter in the sense that we started the whole conversation with um because as you said that that my data is in the cloud so i can access it with different applications and different devices that that's sort of contradictory to on-device processing. I know it's not the same thing, but it is that blurred line of where the stuff is and who's doing what with it still. Well, the, the po- I, I guess the point being there is uh, if the encryption keys for that uh, data are only exist on my device, uh, yeah. then the data can be anywhere. The important thing is that uh, this data is properly encrypted. Uh, which, to be honest, in the case of my calendar information, I'm not sure it is. Probably not. Um, I mean, the, the, there are some level encryptions, but I, I don't. I, I, there is, there isn't any key management tool that I actually authorize. So I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but um, if there is, it's so well done that I'm not even aware that it's there. Which would be the perfect thing. Interesting talking about contacts and just thinking about how much spam I get purporting to come from people in my network. And it's <clears throat> clearly somebody's just scraped, I don't know, LinkedIn or Facebook, to just to get a bunch of first names and last names that they know are related to me and then slap them on top of dodgy emails. And uh, made me think about some phishing text messages that I got recently that were... You know, they're increasingly, some some of them are just really, really stupid. Um, for some reason, somebody called Moses keeps trying to sell me ball joints, um, which I'm not falling for. Because <laughs> my, my balls are fine, thanks. But you should, you should, you should <laughs> answer that I mean, at this point. But, uh, but you know, the, 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 I know, you know, I, I smell a rat when I see it. A lot of people don't. And, and that's another <clears throat> aspect of data and trust and who's who's got the data and it looks like somebody's emailing you because that's their name and you know them and you trust it well no it's not them it's just two bits of data that somebody's lifted off linkedin yeah it's a dangerous world people be careful stay away from the internet don't listen to podcasts <laughs> against, against everything and get vaccinated you'll get 5g much much better all right thank you everyone for listening See you next time. Good luck.